You are listening to the Conversations in Speech Pathology podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Steppen, and this is episode 29. Welcome back to another edition of the CSP Podcast. On today's show, I'm featuring Tina Moreno, who is a speech-language pathologist specializing in AAC. Tina's here to talk about Camp Alec, which is a summer camp designed for children with physical disabilities who are AAC users. And Alec stands for AAC Literacy, Education, and Communication. The camp, now in its third year, is organized by Tina and runs with the assistance of doctors Karen Erickson and David Copenhaver, are well known for their use of the four blocks literacy approach to children with disabilities. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Tina. Start actually a good place is um, I like to, I always like to have the listeners get an idea of how, um, how I obtained my guests and how we met. So maybe uh, you can handle that first part. Oh, <laughs> well, I tried to contact you because somebody had reached out to us regarding Camp Alec, and they said that they had heard about the camp on your podcast. Yes, and now that that was through um, the Jane Farrell episode, I think. I haven't found it yet. Yes, I've, I've been listening and listening and listening, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah, because I went through that episode. I'm trying to like, who mentioned that? I And I thought it was Jane, because she was in the States at one point, and I know that she's, uh, you know, studied and and formed a relationship with uh, David Copenhaver and Karen Erickson. I just so that kind of stood out of my mind. But um, yeah, that's what I presume too. But unless I missed it, um, I didn't hear it in there. Okay, so let's start out uh, with the basics. You are a speech pathologist for uh, how long now? Um, I've been a speech-language pathologist for about seven years. I'm somewhat of a late bloomer when it comes to the profession. Oh, really? Uh, um, so how did you become interested in the field? Um, our son, Mateo, is 16 years old now. He has quite profound apraxia and dysarthria um, for reasons that are still unknown to us, despite a lot of testing. Um, and he started on his first Dynavox when he was four years old. So he is on his third Dynavox now and is still a, a AAC user. And it, when he was about seven, I decided I really wanted to go into the field. We had some great experiences with his speech-language pathologists in the schools and in hospital settings. And I just decided that it was something I was probably meant to do. It's nice to hear that you got so in, um, involved so early with Mateo in uh, working on AAC at, you know, at the age of four. Um, yeah. You know, we hear too many sad stories about kids who just wait so long um, before they get to that point. So. Uh, no, that's great. And I saw it from a recent video. I think he's he was using uh, a Dynavox uh, Maestro. Is that right? He uses a Maestro. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses Picture Word Power 100 on it. But he is definitely a speller and a word predictor. 
And I would say that he uses those means more than anything else about, I don't know, 90% of the time he's spelling and using word prediction rather than his core vocabulary, which makes me a little nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I, in that blog post how you've been trying to get him to think about using uh, core. Um, yeah. Yeah. But once he became a speller and a writer and a reader, his use of spelling and word prediction took off and that's just his preferred means. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's wonderful to see him successful and I can understand that, you know, he's, he's kind of set in a path, right. And he's got his own, uh, mode of memory, so to speak for how he wants to do things. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So what setting do you work in at, uh, at this point in your career? Right now I am in a County board of developmental disabilities Mm -hmm. Um, after, uh, leaving a hospital and pediatric outpatient setting, I was in the schools for five years before that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in the schools, did you do a lot of work with the AAC or is it, uh, I did. yeah, when I was in the schools, I, um, focused on working with children um, who had the most complex of communication needs. So I served children in grades 1 through 12 who were served in moderate to intensive classrooms. Okay. So most of my kids some form of AAC, whether it was POD or PECs or um, dedicated communication devices. Um, wow. So I yeah. Yeah, you come from a, a very unique perspective being a parent and now as an SLP. I'm just wondering has your what if any anything's changed in terms of your perspective now as an SLP specializing in AAC? What have you uh what have you grown to learn or how do you how do you look at things now? You know, I'm always wearing my mom hat. I can't really take it off. <laughs> even, when, even when I want to. So it's interesting to me to watch other parents as they progress through the process of getting AAC for their children and then really helping them implement it in the community. Um, and then just kind of watching that acceptance. You know, I was just talking with a parent today, actually, of a child who's three, who's just starting to trial apps, actually, on the iPad. And talking about that funding process and talking about kind of the opportunities that can happen for children when they really become communicators and what that process looks like. And um, it takes me back every time. Well, you know, I, it made me think you're, I'm interested in, in your thoughts on, you know, the idea of, you know, we all know how difficult it is to train communication partners and, um, and also, perhaps trying to um, communicate to parents what AAC systems can possibly offer their kids. And, you know, we all have seen the uh, sometimes the hesitancy at first, you know, will my kid ever talk if, you know, let's take away, you know, let's hinder language. And then there's the whole area of, uh, you know, follow through and, and, and talking to parents and helping train and all that stuff. And I'm just wondering, were you all on board from the time Mateo got his device in terms of accepting uh, the the advice and the 
fully buying into the whole process from the get-go or were you kind of on the fence at first? No, I I would say that we were on board from the get-go and this was before I was a speech-language pathologist um, because, you know, Mateo just didn't have any means to communicate. His speech was utterly unintelligible at the time. It's funny because... We actually learned about AAC from another family whose son was using a device, not from his speech therapists at school or from the speech therapist he worked with at a local hospital. It was actually a parent who said, hey, have you thought about this? And, and I think once we saw him with the device and his first words were, I love you, mom. Wow. <laughs> and of about 12 other sobbing uh, teachers and <laughs> um, I think that we accepted it from that moment. Um, not that it was easy. And yeah, you know, we definitely started out with vocabulary that I wish I hadn't started out with. And um, we learned so much along the way kind of being exposed to other families whose children use AAC. And then when Mateo was old enough to attend Camp Chatterbox in New Jersey, that's where we really learned a lot, where he took off, where he got to spend time with other children who communicate like he does. Mm-hmm. And it just made a world of difference. And for those of uh, listeners not aware, Camp Chatterbox is uh, uh, run by Joan Bruno. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. She's been running that camp for years. Um, so let's, uh, I want to transition here and start talking about Camp Alec, of course. Uh, since that's, uh, that's you've been involved with uh, Camp Alec for how long now? Um, camp Alec will have its third session this summer. Okay, so third so, session. Um, yeah, so it's something that we have been talking about doing for quite some time. It took us a year or two to get it up and running. So now this is a camp that has, it's obviously a very, it's a camp like in other camps in terms of uh, offering the activities, but it has a very, there's also that educational component. Is that correct? In terms of uh, the literacy piece? It, It is. The focus of the camp is really literacy and it's empowering children to learn to read and write. Ultimately, that's our goal. Our campers all use some form of AAC, although some of the campers have started developing some very nice um, expressive language and speech production by the time they come to us. But they they might still be using alternative pens and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and we bring in educators from across the U.S. and Canada and those educators receive level two training under the direction of doctors Karen Erickson and David Copenhaver. So the kids spend the week with us, paired one-on-one with these educators, and they're assessed using the whole depart model um, in terms of their reading comprehension, and um, they're assessed in terms of their writing skills, And then campers get to go home with this written report describing where their greatest needs are in terms of literacy um, with the hope that then 
that assessment result, you know, the results from that assessment and recommendations for interventions will be utilized throughout the school year and help those students make gains during the school year. So now the, the camp runs, is it a one-week or two-week program? It's a one-week camp. Uh, kids arrive on Sunday and uh-huh. then leave Saturday. Okay, so it's a one-week program. Now, I'm guessing that uh, kids are welcomed regardless of literacy exposure. Would that be correct? Um, to some degree, we, we like kids to have some knowledge of what letters represent. You know, they, they don't have to be reading, but there has to be an interest mm-hmm. in books, an interest in talking about reading, an awareness of what those letters represent. Okay. So, okay, so you can have, you know, for instance, um, you know, I've met kids along the way who have uh, some, you know, if you give them like a rubric, you know, they they know uh, to hold the book the right way, you know, obviously they're scanning words left to right, but they know, may not be reading all the words or maybe any of them, but have some appreciation of the alphabet, like those, a kid in that type of vein might be a good candidate, uh, mm-hmm. someone who has an interest in prints and and uh, in the process, but maybe hasn't had the right supports or maybe hasn't had the right uh, intensity of support. So, so that sounds really cool. So is the, aside from the academic focus, are, are there times for other uh, activities that other campers would engage in? Yeah. And you know what, can I add real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, in terms of our campers, we've, we also have campers who are um, almost reading at grade level and who are college bound. So there's just a really big range of our campers. And because they work one on one or in small groups, we can group kids like that and really customize their week mm-hmm. um, on exactly what their needs are. So how many total campers are there typically? We have spots for 20 campers. So 20 campers. And what are the uh, age ranges? Age ranges. <laughs> I think our youngest kids last year were seven or eight, mm-hmm. and then um, we welcome individuals up to the age of 21. 21. Okay, great. So about 20 kids, and you have, what is, uh, so I know you have, you said you have educators coming in to help. Now, are are there speech pathologists who can uh, come in and work or volunteer as well? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a learning um, training program, and we mm-hmm. do have a speech language pathologist who can't come in. The educators who come have already received at least a week of training under the direction of Karen and David. Okay, and do they come from those people come and come from all over the country or other countries maybe, or are they? They have been coming from all over the U.S. and mm-hmm. Canada. In Canada, yeah. okay. Very cool, very cool. And so in a, in a week's time, I, I'm sure, given that the campers are exposed to each other and the staff all day, I'm sure lots of great friendships are formed and bonds, and I'm sure there's lots of uh, uh, follow-up between the you know, friendships being made and whatnot. Have there, have there been inter- any interesting stories uh, in that regard? You know, <laughs> the, kids, the kids really bond. You know, every year there's been some type of little romance that happens, you know, that ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we have a dance at the end. And it's, it's just really neat to watch older campers mentor younger campers. 
So many of our campers have never been away from home. Most of them have very, very complex medical and personal care needs. Mm -hmm. They're learning to direct their own care using their AAC devices as their voices. They're learning to talk with other campers, with their counselors, with their educators, um, and really advocating for themselves, some for the first time on their own. And so we're all kind of in the same boat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're all, um, you know, a little tired. We've all been away from our families for the week, maybe a little smelly. Um, There's a lot of opportunities for communication throughout the entire week that are structured and unstructured. Campers plan a lot of pranks. (laughs) On myself and um, my co-director, who's Gina Cunningham, who's the mom of Alec, and he is the inspiration behind Camp Alec. Okay. And Karen and David, they're they're prone to be pranked as well. So <laughs> someone's got to post you know, a YouTube video of that. <laughs> it is. It's really fun, and they spend three hours a day in literacy activities, and those literacy activities are so much fun that it's just part of camp. It's not as though they're going to school for three hours and then they get to play the rest of the day. Yeah. Um. They have just as much fun at those. During those sessions, um, now, Karen most and the, David. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say Karen and David are really miracle workers when it comes to making activities absolutely just yeah. amazing. Now, do the kids at this at the at the camp uh, publish a lot of their stories on uh, Tar Heel Reader? Is that is that a play, destination? Um, you know that? that's funny. You know, we send those things home that they publish. Okay, and. The educators create books. We certainly talk about Tar Heel Reader quite a bit. Um, but I don't know if any of our groups have published anything that they've written there. So okay. that's interesting to ask that. Yeah, yeah. So these kids spend about you know three or so hours a day in, in literacy. And is it the rest of the time more of the, uh, the, the, fun, the uh, other fun kind of activities, you know, boating or hiking, that sort of thing? Absolutely. We are, we will be at Indian Trails Camp in Grand Rapids again this year. And it really is an amazing place where everything is accessible, um, automatic. Um, They do boating. Um, They have a adaptive zip line and rock wall. Nice. Um, Kids participate in, they do talent shows, campfires cooking contest (laughs) like they did a top chef kind of cooking contest yeah so um last year's theme was superheroes so we had to do some dressing up and things like that and then it it is quite a special it is quite a special week now i would imagine it'd be helpful to have some on-site uh tech people for the inevitable drops and uh, submerging of AEC devices in water and <laughs> <laughs> dropped from tables and smashed here and there and, you know, <laughs> accidentally set too close to a bonfire. <laughs> yeah, we, we've we been very fortunate. Um, Gina has quite a bit of experience in AT. Um, I'm there all week as well. And then... 
Kieran brought somebody from the Center for Literacy and Disability Studies that really was there um, to try to trial some new devices and really troubleshoot issues that we were having. So we had an extra hand on deck, which made it a lot easier last year. That's nice. Now, but I just, no, oh, go ahead. in the lake. Go <laughs> oh, in the lake. <laughs> you know, in the, the lake. I, I was going to ask the other question I had is uh, being that there's you know roughly 20 kids, do most of the kids tend to have uh, similar devices or is there just a complete mishmash of uh, you know, compass users and touch chat and, you know, lamp words for life, you know, where it, or the, where the participants, the communication partners really have to go back and forth between systems and really know the vocabulary and the language motor patterns and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's, there's a big mix. There is a, there's quite a mix. We had um, a couple of users using iPads last year Um a number of Dynavox products, um, yeah, some PRC products. I'm trying to think of what else we had. We had a Toby, yeah. um, eye gaze, some switches, <laughs> some direct selection, um, and a lot of the kids are in different places. You know, the younger kids are really learning to use their devices. Most of them have never been with other individuals who communicate like that. And then we had some older campers that have known each other for some time or, um, you know, have had the fortune of being in an environment where using AAC to communicate is no big deal. And a lot of people are doing it. So yeah, really cool. Really cool. So, okay. So what week of the year, just so listeners know, they're interested. will be August 14th through the 20th this year. August 14th through the 20th. Okay, great. And where can, is there a website where people can find out more about it? We do. We have a website. It's www.campalec, and that's A-L-E-C dot com. Dot com. And where can people find more information about you? Ah, I have a blog. Yes. And that is www.voices4, and that's the number four, mm-hmm. all, dot wordpress.com. And it's a very good blog. I highly recommend it. And uh, I just, again, I was watching that video recently of Mateo talking about Camp Alec and the things he likes to do. I think he said swimming was one of his favorite activities. It um, is. It's- yeah. By the way, I love the name Mateo. I can't say I've ever met. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've never come up across anyone with that name. How did you come up with that name? Well, my husband's name is Manuel, uh-huh. and uh, he comes from a Hispanic family with a little bit of Colombian, a little bit of Puerto Rican, and we really wanted to bring his background into the mix. So we picked we picked Mateo, and he is the only Mateo in our community, uh-huh. and uh Early on, when we brought him home from the hospital, the first day, the neighborhood girls were knocking on our back door and asking to see Potato. <laughs> That's awesome. Potato from the hospital. So, yeah. so it's been a name that I think people had to get used to, but we love it and it suits him. Yeah, it's great. Um, so is there anything before we sign off that I forgot to mention or that you want to mention? You know... I wonder if I could put a plug in for 
opportunities for people to donate, perhaps. Of course. To keep because not everyone has the opportunity to participate, but given the care that most of our um, campers need, our camp fees vary depending on that level of care, and we are always looking for people helping, willing to help campers get there. Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine you, in some <clears throat> cases, you would need a 24-hour nursing support for uh, certain individuals. We absolutely offer 24-hour nursing the counselors last year, depend well, depending on the needs, really, we're able to offer one-on-one camp counselors. Plus, all of our educators, um, they all have a background in special education as well. So we always have a nurse right there. Counselors are right there to provide um, care for the campers. And then we're just staffed with these amazing educators. And, of course, Karen and David are there as well. So... Awesome. Well, Tina, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I hope it's a great uh, summer. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. Take care now. All right, Tina, thank you so much again for talking about Camp Alec tonight. Uh, Just some housekeeping before we sign off. Tina had emailed me after our conversation, just wanting to clarify a few points. First, there is a link to donate to Camp Alec at the Camp Alec website. C-A-M-P-A-L-E-C dot com, campalec.com. And it's the best way to donate because it'll take you directly to the Alec G. Cunningham Foundation page at First Giving. Donations are used to reduce fees for the campers. Another point is that for those speech-language pathologists out there, therapists who are interested to being, who are interested in applying to be educators at the camp or literacy counselors, as, as they're called, Camp Alec provides the only hands-on level two literacy training with doctors Karen Erickson and David Copenhaver with AAC Communicators in the U.S. Speech-language pathologists who have participated in one of their week-long intensive courses are encouraged to apply to participate this summer at www.med.unc.edu forward slash AHS forward slash CLDS forward slash camp dash Alec. That'll be on the page. Don't worry, the show page. Uh, They're always looking for SLPs with a special love of AAC and a willingness to spend a week immersed in literacy while roughing it with the campers. So anyone interested in participating in Camp Alec down the road can participate in one of their level one trainings and then come spend the week at the camp just for hands-on experience. So uh, literacy counselors have described the experience as life-changing. Also, SLPs working with children who, who use AAC are encouraged to share information about Camp Alec with families. Registration forms and details are available at campalloc.com. There's still some spots available for this summer, the summer being 2016. If you'd like to learn more about Tina Moreno, a good place to begin would be her blog at voices 4 the number 4 all.wordpress.com. Again, all these links will be available at the show page at conversationsandspeech.com and also on your podcast app if you're listening through your smartphone. Remember, you can always reach me at jeff at conversationsandspeech.com. I read all of my email, the good and the bad. You can also find me on Twitter at Jeff Steppen, no H, and check out my Facebook page. Just search for Conversations in Speech Pathology. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, I'll see you next time.